Hello and welcome to Fringe Snippets. My name is Ross Cray and I've been chatting to some of the best talents heading to Edinburgh for the festival this August for my radio show on Pulse 98.4, Scotland's number one community radio station. And rather lazily, to be honest, getting them to pick the playlist. I've obviously removed the music in case any illegal eagles are ready to swoop, but the tracks are listed in the episode description if you want to listen along. Episode 2, the difficult second episode, was absolutely not, and I had a lovely chat with stand-up Rhiannon Shaw ahead of her debut hour at the festival. It's called Wedding Night, and yes, it is about her wedding. We chat about her blend of stand-up and character work, a bit about Taylor Swift, and the fact that her wedding takes place just one month after Edinburgh. Brilliance or madness? We will find out. Hope you enjoy. Ross Cray, Pulse 98.4. My next guest is bringing her debut to the Edinburgh Fringe this month while in the midst of planning her wedding, which takes place just a few weeks later. Rhiannon Shaw, welcome along to the show. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, Ross. As I said, it's your your debut hour at the festival coming up. How are you you feeling as the, the hours kind of count down and the days kind of count down? Um... Sudden panic has has come over me now that I know that the fringe is uh, only it's, it's starting very soon, and it's it's kind of that's that, that sort of just about hit me. Yeah. Um, but overall, I'm excited. It's it's going to be great. We'll get on to the the sort of other big life event in a bit. But uh, what was it that made you you finally want to do the the fringe as a as a thing? It's obviously it's always seen as a kind of big step in the the comedian's kind of career to to go and do a, a fringe show. What was it that kind of made you realise? Yeah, this is the time to actually go and do it. I think it was partly the pandemic putting it off for me for so long that for a long time I, I probably would have debuted in 2021 thinking about it but obviously that wasn't to be and 2022 just felt like it was an, another year that I just sort of let it pass me by um and so it felt like yeah it was it was now or never if I didn't if I didn't do it now then I I, I would keep finding excuses not to do it <laughs> do you feel that kind of pressure to do it as a as a sort of rite of passage kind of thing yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's the kind of thing that around sort of March of any given year, it's all that comedians start talking about. You know, you, you, you're in the green room and then you run out of things to say to each other about the gig in hand and you just say, so are you going to Edinburgh? And if you don't have either a, a good reason for not going or a, a plan to go, then then you feel sort of out of it, I think. We'll talk about the show in a couple of minutes, but first let's get your first song choice out of the way. I say out of the way as if it's a, a thing to get out of the way, but no, it's a brilliant choice for your walk-on music, um, your ideal walk-on song you have chosen. What have you chosen and, and why have you chosen it? I've chosen Best of My Love by The Emotions, and I've chosen it because it's uh, the first song in my favourite film, Boogie Nights. Um, and for me, it just encapsulates sort of uh, the triumphant feeling of of first walking onto stage and the exuberance and 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 it has so much hope in it and so much optimism and it's just a great song. The first choice from my guest Rihanna Shaw, that was the best of my love from the emotions. Your ideal walk on choice. How are you feeling about doing that first kind of walk on? Oh, 
so my show is a little bit different because I'm playing lots of different characters. So there's a lot of preamble for Rhiannon comes on to <laughs> stage. There's sort of um, there's a character who's like a venue manager, and then I play a French flower girl. So by the time I've come on stage as myself, there's there's already been a lot for the audience to take in. So I imagine that it will be. It, it it will be different to walking on just a, on a normal sort of stand-up stage. Yeah, of course, the show is called Wedding Night and it is kind of based around your actual wedding, which is coming up uh, September, I think. Why did you decide to do the show about the wedding? Was it just a case of, this is the thing that's going to be on my mind for months and months on end, let's smash them both together? You've got me. Um, <laughs> it was partly that. <laughs> and partly because I... Um, I knew I wanted to blend character comedy and stand-up because I started as a character comedian and then I moved into stand-up. It felt like I needed a strong framing device that would allow me to do both. Uh, so I decided a wedding might be fun because, you know, there's lots of different characters within within a wedding um, all coming together and all having a reason to be there. Uh, so it just felt like, it's something that's on my mind and also it it would work for the kind of shows that I like doing. I've been to two weddings this summer and, and met some characters certainly so that's a as long as as long as the guy doing your wedding doesn't forget your name then you're you're doing better than the one I've just been to so it was out in a little it was a little church in Ireland out in Donegal and they hadn't had a wedding there for 13 years it had just been funerals the entire time so I can understand why the minister there was was a bit rusty with it all. Gosh, um, did he forget the name of of both members of a couple? Or he just eventually one? forgot the groom's name as well as the bride's, so at least he kept equal. Yeah, it's only fair. I think it's only fair to get them both wrong. And when it comes to the guest list for the wedding, is there anyone that's on the guest list for the show as well as the wedding? Well, my mum, my mum will be go. will be at both. Um, yeah, the character that I do that ba is based on my mum is is her name is Elsie McClutchy. I've been doing her for years and years since I was a student. Um, and actually, my mum is is Scottish. She grew up in Dumfries, went to university in Glasgow, and her and a friend used to do these old Glaswegian women characters, just oh, like yeah. with each other, just to have a laugh. And they were called um, Jessie and Elsie. So uh, they kind of developed out of that, that my, my mom would do these funny sort of elderly Glaswegian women characters with me. And then I thought, you know, what would be fun if I did one that was kind of based on her and stole a great name, Elsie, and made it into something that was sort of based on her. Is that what kind of got you into the character side of comedy, first of all, was to having your mom doing those those kind of things? Sort of. Um, and I've always I've always been good at accents because I uh, I I lived in America when I was very little from moving back from America when I was about six. I always felt like I was sort of chameleonic. I had to sort of change my accent to fit in with certain people. And it meant that I have quite a good ear for it. And I even find myself mirroring people's accents, which is a very annoying thing to do. So accents feels like my way into a character. 
because I'm becoming someone else who speaks in a certain way. That and my mum being silly and doing silly voices with me definitely turned me into the the performer I am today. <laughs> and do you prefer doing the sort of character side of things or the stand-up or do you quite like the mix that you've kind of developed between the two? I quite like the mix. I feel like I connect more with an audience when I'm being myself because uh, often my characters aren't relatable people and I think that's, a, that's possibly a good thing. <laughs> I don't think anyone should be able to relate to some of the characters that I do. Some of them are quite uh, awful. So, so I like having that connection of of kind of talking about things that happen in my life, and and other people in the audience can be like, oh, same. I I know exactly what you're talking about. But I also like taking on the voice of someone else and being able to say things that I, as Rhiannon, would never say or could never say. And you, you touched on a couple of the characters that are coming up. Who else is in this kind of menagerie of guest list on your, your wedding? Your Sorry, your comedy wedding, not the actual one. Not my actual wedding. So in the menagerie, uh, so I've mentioned the French flower girl. Uh, we also have an officiant who is more used to doing funerals, incidentally. So when you mentioned the, uh, the, my <laughs> the wedding... My in the post girl. and we'll get 10%, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, and he is is sort of he represents the feeling of of like being sort of really out of your depth and and not really knowing what you're doing, which is sort of partly how I felt planning the wedding. Like I've obviously never done this before, uh, and it's a it's a big sort of thing, and you have to please a lot of people. So he's that, and then there's my mum. I'm a massive fan of um, people like Jodie Mitchell and Joan Baez and I grew up going to those kind of concerts with my mum and there's a character that I do called Judith Sampson who is based on that kind of 60s 70s folk musician who sort of spends most of her time not singing but telling really quite dull and shaggy dog stories about the 60s and 70s so I do a character like that. Speaking of musicians shall we have another song let's go for the song that you really love at the moment? What is your pick for this category? A song I really love at the moment is Timeless uh, by Taylor Swift. Down the block there's an antique shop and something in my head. Great choice, Rihanna. Why did you pick that song? You are you are a Swifty, I believe. I'm a huge Swifty. I've been a fan of her since I was, um, oh, 11 or 12. So I remember the Fearless release on, I think it was Bebo, just I'm, I'm really sure my age but um, a name from the past <laughs> but yeah blast from the past but um but speak now was really the album that I kind of fell in love with and I, I became utterly obsessed so when this re-recording uh came out quite recently uh it felt like um I was sort of delving back into my past and seeing what could have been and Timeless feels like the song that would have resonated with me the most when I was oh 13, 14 um, and it's a, it's a, a beautiful song and it has that th- that thing that I love about Taylor which is her ability to take um, a, a, something that can be quite feel quite mundane on the surface like walking into an antique shop and seeing some sort of nice old photos and turn it into the most beautiful love song um and it has its flights of fancy and is like a little bit silly like the bit about if I'd seen you in 1944 and and if we lived in the 1500s and uh 
but I love that. I love that it, it sort of feels very teenage and feels very much like something she wrote that uh, didn't make the album but would have fitted in beautifully with it. And that's the kind of vault tracks I like, not the ones where I sort of feel like, oh, I see why this didn't make the cut. <laughs> yeah, I think she'd be a good stand-up. I know uh, your friend Hannah Fairweather, of course, has the, the moniker of the Taylor Swift of comedy, but the actual Taylor Swift would probably be quite a good, quite a good... I don't know, improv star maybe, or maybe a good wee fringe hour out of her. If she, if she's in the states, I th I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure, and she has, she has been on SNL, so I could see that. <laughs> so this Edinburgh show is, we said earlier, it's kind of like a next step on the ladder, I guess, in your your comedy career. It's always seen as this kind of boot camp style thing for for rising comics a slight grimace on your face there when i said that <laughs> well boot camp gives me an image of being tired and sweaty uh which i will be uh because uh, i'll be living in Newtown and walking up the mound every day oh, well <laughs> you're not one of these like jog up arthur seat every morning kind of people no i recently went to uh the wedding of a fell runner and i couldn't imagine anything worse than <laughs> running on flat is sort of tough enough but running on a slope for pleasure i just yeah not not for me either i have to say <laughs> i did do i did try and do couch to 5k a couple of years ago during lockdown i got there i got to 5k from the couch but i, I, I slowly regressed back to the couch <laughs> Yeah, they don't talk about they don't talk about coming back from the five k. <laughs> yeah. um, some people never go above it. Yeah, I can probably do about two and a half k, but I'm I flatter myself by saying, oh, I'm a sprinter, not a long distance <laughs> runner. But five k is not that long distance. Um, but but yeah, I'm not a runner. <laughs> How was the experience for you of being part of the BBC New Comedy Awards last year? It's a nice thing to be able to send to promoters and say, look, I've been on telly. I'm, I'm sort of at that level. And um, I mean, it's hard to tell whether they would have had me anyway or if <laughs> or if that, that extra sort of um, BBC New Comedy Awards would have sent me to the top of their inbox or whatever. Um, but it was just the most amazing and surreal experience to, um, to get through and... We filmed it in Coventry, which is um, <laughs> I'm from. I'm uh, I was raised largely in Wolverhampton, so I know that Coventry isn't the most glamorous of towns, but neither is the town I'm from. Um, but it was so surreal to be there and see like all the work that goes into filming such a sort of short bit of TV. Really, it's only about half an hour for all of our sets because we all only did five minutes. And you know there are loads of pickups that they do, and you just have to refilm it and refilm it again and again. Um, and it just felt so surreal and and weird to be doing that for my my comedy, my bit where I get up and do an impression of my mum or or make a, a a silly joke about uh, being a millennial or it, it just, yeah, it just it it doesn't quite sort of like it still doesn't quite tally in my mind that. Oh, me telling silly joke got me on TV, you know? <laughs> yeah. You mentioned obviously being inspired by your mum and the, the character and stuff. When was it you kind of decided that comedy was the thing that you kind of wanted to do as as the day job, I guess? Oh, um... If there is a particular moment, I mean, it could kind of gradually sort of creep up on you, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, it it kind of was sort of... It, it did sort of gradually creep up on me. I, um... 
when I was at school, uh, me and my best friend used to write uh, silly parody songs together. Like that was our thing, little weird elves. <laughs> to put on your Bebo page. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Silly things like that. And we used to have just the most fun together. And making her laugh is still something that's like, I'm always so proud of. Um, uh, and then I got really into uh, <laughs> the sort of, X footlights of it all, you know, watching panel shows, Mitchell and Webb. Um, uh, I got really into Stephen Fry, as a lot of people at that age did. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hugh Laurie. I was obsessed with House, and I thought, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a Cambridge footlight, and I'm gonna automatically get like a TV show, and then my my everything's gonna work out just like really easy for me once I get to Cambridge. Um, so I, I, I. I did get to go to Cambridge and I did get to be a footlight, but uh, it didn't work out like as simply as I thought it would. <laughs> Turns out they had a lot of connections before they went to Cambridge. Yeah, <laughs> you'd have a bit of nepotism in there as well. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Turns helpful. out I'm I'm not a lord. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much for for joining me on the show. We've got one final song pick to come from you, but uh, best of luck with the fringe show and indeed the wedding as well. Uh, I don't know which is more important, but we'll, we'll give them equal billing for this year. Your final pick is song that reminds you of comedy, reminds you of the festival, reminds you of some sort of performance in general. What have you chosen and why? So it's Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers. And the reason that this reminds me of uh, the Edinburgh Fringe is my very first year up in Edinburgh, we did a show that my uh, my now fiance wrote, I directed it. It was called Picasso Stole the Mona Lisa. And um, as part of a uh, sort of fight scene, it was a comic play. We <laughs> put in these sort of freeze frames and one of the freeze frames was uh, the characters pretending that they were doing the pottery scene from Ghost. Right. And this is the song <laughs> from that very scene. Excellent. You can see Rihanna Shaw's Wedding Night, the show titled that anyway, August 15th to 20th, 22nd to 27th, 2pm at the Bedlam Theatre in Edinburgh. But you don't really need me to say that bit. Thank you very much for joining me, Rhiannon. Thank you. Thank you. And there you have it. Two episodes in the bag. He's a podcaster, ladies and gentlemen. That was Rhiannon Shaw. Don't forget to go and see her show at the Edinburgh Fringe later this month. And episode three of the podcast will be coming very soon with the legendary Paul Chowdhury. So do keep an eye on wherever you get your podcasts for that. But for now, goodbye. <laughs>